Yo, this this nigga, this nigga LeBron getting money out here. <laughs> Man, billionaire status. Fuck. Woo. Jordan didn't do that in his prime. Fuck out of here. All right, let's get started. Welcome <laughs> to episode 44 of the Danso Pitch. I'm your host, Charles Danso, joined by my host, my co-host, my partner, Mr. Daniel Goodman. How you doing today? I'm feeling great, man. It's Saturday. It's summertime. Beautiful day out. Ready to do another episode with my main man over here. Oh, yeah, definitely. Before we get into the episode, how was your vacation? For everybody that's listening in, Daniel was on vacation in in the uh, Jamaica, enjoying himself, having a lot of fun, flexing on a gram, all things I love, <laughs> definitely. So how was it, sir? <laughs> It was awesome, man. It's awesome. If you haven't been to Jamaica, that's got to be on your to-do list. Like, that's a standard. That oh. is, it was an amazing experience. Yeah, definitely, man. That's that's on my bucket list too, man. Uh, I'm trying to knock out this this uh Cowboys trip coming up in August. So hopefully, once that gets out Cowboys, the way, you know, yes. yeah, definitely. I'm ready to the flex. I've been in the gym heavy. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I see. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. So yeah, no, excited to have you uh, come back. You look refreshed. You look great. Um, you know, ready, ready to pause. So let's definitely get it right underway. So in this episode, uh, this is an episode that has been requested. Um, we wanted to get a guest for you, but unfortunately, due to some conflict issues, we decided to just progress with it anyway. But hopefully, we can get her on in a later episode where we can actually uh, discuss the steps on how to become a sports agent in today's industries of sports. That be NFL, NBA, NHL. Um, MLB, uh, um, mixed martial arts, MMA, boxing, so many others. We'll get into all that. Um, but right now, let's just kind of give everybody the blueprint, give everybody the game as to how exactly you can become a sports agent. A lot of people think that, you know, you need to know a certain amount of people, which helps, but that's not necessarily the keys to get into the, the sports agency world. There's some educational backgrounds you need some degrees um some foresight in terms of how to prospect certain clients especially when they're younger like in high school uh college going into the pros all that will be discussed so first off i want to give a quick overview of exactly what exactly a sports agent is a sports agent acts on behalf of athletes negotiating contracts and endorsement deals to maximize value for their client so what does that mean we made a joke early to start the podcast to say, damn, LeBron actually became a billionaire as an uh, as a professional basketball player. That doesn't even discuss the endorsement deals and, and, the, and the investment into the different businesses like Blaze Pizza. Uh, I think he's an investor in Liverpool, the, the soccer team, so much other things that he does on the side. Now, if... Let's say LeBron has a billion dollar uh, you know, revenue stream through the NBA. Then Rich Paul is seen anywhere from 4 to 10%. We'll discuss those numbers. But what that means is Rich Paul, a LeBron James agent, uh, one of his close friends since childhood, since he was in high school to the pros now, sees about $100 million of that. What does that mean? That's uh, 10% of a billion dollars is $100 million. So think about how much an agent can net from the athlete that he or she represents. It's crazy, right, Daniel? That's a lot of money, man. That's a lot of money, you know? And, like, you think about it as, as like, an umbrella of different endorsements and different um, things that the athlete is involved in. That's just one avenue. 
So you could potentially have multiple streams of income from an athlete's endorsements, what the athlete is, you know, involved in in terms of, um, you know, the commissions that you would get as a as a sports agent um, through the various channels. So it's just like, it's just crazy to me that, you know, because sports, being a sports agent is something like, you know, you just think of it, okay, it's an agent, you know, but like when you think about the multi-billion dollar industry that you're in when it comes to athletes, there's a lot of money to be made if you know what you're doing and if you know how to negotiate these types of uh, deals for your athlete yeah and 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 just piggybacking off your point daniel and there's a great point that you made regarding knowing understanding how to negotiate so that also ties in with something i want to cover as a lot of people ask the question what specific degrees do i need to actually become an agent a sports agent so to speak remember daniel made a crucial uh point as to when he said that that person has to act as a negotiator. So an extension of kind of like a lawyer, kind of like a representative of the the client, which is the athlete in this case. Now, not everybody's going to be a, a rich Paul. Not everybody is going to, you know, basically acquiesce that amount of money in that as you start. Of course, Rich Paul's been in the game for almost 18 to 20 years as, as representing uh, clients like LeBron, uh, not even now. He represents so many others. You have, uh, I can name J.R. Smith. You have uh, Tristan Thompson. You have so many others. He, he's, he's now involved in, in football. Uh, his his uh, company, Clutch Sports, represents uh, football athletes now, baseball. So again, he's expanded into various fields. But to answer the question that I kind of just posed, what do you need as to, to get into the, the agent world from a degree standpoint? Actually, you don't for an undergrad degree, you don't really need a specific major. You can actually choose to do any type of major when you're coming up in uh, the undergrad world trying to become a sports agent as an actual preferred field. Now, it is highly recommended that you have an understanding in business as well as law. So if you have a if you're an undergrad and you're in the business school, you know they have they do have a concentration called sports management. Um, I will look at the business advisors, speak to your specific college that you're in to learn more about it. Now, if they don't have it, you can just take business in terms of entrepreneurship, finance, um, economics. These are all things that you can understand how the business world works because you're dealing with numbers. Now, what Daniel crucially said was negotiation that's why i mentioned law because a lot of a lot of lawyers do they negotiate that is 98 percent or between 90 to 98 percent of what an, a a lawyer has to do much like you have to prove your client's innocence let's flip that in sports you also have to do that as well you have to prove to to the to the owner the sports owner to the to the representative of whatever uh, franchise, sports franchise that your client is a part of, that, that my client is value, has the value of X and we're asking for Y. But you have to give the points A, B, and C between those to showcase, okay, this is why this person is worth this amount of money. We're going to stick with LeBron for right now. 
the reason why that we stick with LeBron because LeBron right now is the hot topic and we like to highlight his success. LeBron's been in the league for almost two decades. He's going on year, I believe, 18 right now. He's basically won various championships. He's arguably one of the greatest players, if not the greatest players of our generation, next to Michael Jordan and, and Kobe Bryant and grace like that. But he's also had an agent in Rich Paul that has set him up in various deals. People see You see him in the Sprite commercials. Remember when you used to have the multiple LeBrons in the Sprite commercials? Uh, you've seen him... You see him um, basically uh, now doing movies in L.A. Uh, he has his own company uh, where they, they have a talk show. Uh, I think it's called, what is it called? The Shop. So many other things. Now, obviously, Rich Paul is just one key aspect, but he is a main aspect in negotiating a lot of these deals. Because what is he doing? He's utilizing the, the face of LeBron. LeBron is the face of the National Basketball Association. Because of the fact of the, the success that he's garnered over the years. And that's how an agent negotiates. So when, the, when he goes to the Genie Bus and the Lakers. And um, I forget the, uh, the GM. The GM is, uh, I forget his name. Uh, Kobe's previous agent. When it comes to me, I remember. But anyway, he goes to the table. Rich Paul and LeBron. They're saying, I want to do two more years. But this is what I brought to you. I brought you a championship. I brought you AD here. I potentially could bring you other superstars. Your revenue went up when I came to L.A. Uh, after you guys had a dismal couple years after Kobe retired. I did all this. This is what Rich Paul is going to market to Genie Bus and the GM, which I can't forget his name. Rob Palenka. There you go. <laughs> Rob Palenka. That's his name. Rob Palenka. So he goes to them and then he negotiates these deals and then uh, and, and, brings, and brings this information to the table. This is what you need as a sports agent. A lot of people don't know. Rich Paul went to college. He originally originally what didn't go to college, but he went to college uh, a couple years back to get a degree in sports management. Uh, he went to I think he was doing community college or, or like a lower school college, and then he got a degree. You need to be certified. This is very important, Daniel. I'm gonna bring you in on this. A lot of people have to understand too. Every single sport that you represent clients in, whether it be the NFL, whether it be MLS, that's Major League Soccer, whether you do international sports, that's very important. You need to have a license in each of those sports franchises. So if you're trying to have NBA clients and NFL clients, you need to be licensed agent as an NFL agent as well as an NBA Daniel, bring it in for me. Yeah, you know, education breeds competency. And when it comes to these certifications as far as, first of all, there's the league certification. So you have the overall umbrella of whatever league you're trying to go into, whether it be the National Football League, National Basketball Association, Major League Soccer. You're going to have to get the applicable league certification for that whatever league you go into and this is the same for the international leagues as well mm -hmm. if you're it, it, you know that's just a blanket statement mm -hmm. then you have the state licenses so if you're in the u.s you're gonna have different states that require different types of licenses so new york may have a different license from california or yes. texas may have a different licensing thing from you know let's say florida but there's still going to be those individual state licenses that you want to represent your client in. 
kind of very similar to how you take the bar exam for a specific state as a lawyer. Yep. So kind of look at it like that. And then, as uh, you know, to Charles's point, you know, after you've taken these certifications, done the background checks and things like that, this is where being a sports agent goes into three tranches, right? Because you have the conglomerate agencies like the CAA agency where you're involved in it's multifaceted so you have yes sports but you also have movies television like LeBron is now uh involved in like film he's involved in you know all these different aspects the arts outside of just basketball and that is you know an overarching umbrella of the CAA agency where you have you know flexibility to go into different avenues then you have the specialized uh, agencies where you're involved with a specific type of league or a specific type of uh, franchise. So if it's NBA, you're just NBA. Mm-hmm. If it's NFL, you're just NFL. Mm-hmm. Then you can be an individual agent independent of any type of agency and operate on your own. Kind of like a Drew Rosenhaus uh, where you're just think your name is your brand, right? So, yeah. you know, it's, it depends on how you want to market yourself, but also what's more important is how you're going to market your client. Because mm-hmm. if your client's not happy, or if your client's not really getting the best deal, then chances are you're not really going to get the best deal. And you know, it, it's a it's a relationship at the end of the day, right? It's it's always they saying you know you putting you're putting the client first. And when it comes to you know the athletes that you represent. Because it could be a one-to-many relationship, right? It's, you know, typically you have that first, uh, you'll have your first athlete and you'll do your best to make sure that your athlete gets the best deals um, for endorsement contracts and and just overall uh, market for the client. But then you'll branch out, right? Mm -hmm. Depending on your success. So very similar to, you know, I'd, I'd like to make the comparison to a lawyer because you really have to understand law in terms of reading these contracts with the owners of the French, with the owners of the teams, with the endorsements that you're getting your clients involved with. Um, you want to get a, an endorsement with Nike or you want to get, um, you know, part of like a clothing, a famous clothing brand or something like that. Like these are things where the innuendos of understanding, okay, this is the contract that's being, because the athlete, they're probably going to have an understanding on a high level of the law, but they're banking on you to be kind of their lawyer, their representative in those uh, in those rooms of negotiating the contract. Yeah. You're going to bring them the, the information, like, okay, hey, this is what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a good deal, or I think it's a good deal, mm-hmm. but this is, you know, what is your input? What do you feel? I suggest, I recommend, but ultimately it's up to you. You know, and that's kind of how the relationship is going to be, you know? The life of a sports agent, the daily life of a sports agent is very dependent on what your athlete is involved in. If your athlete needs to travel to the other side of the country, you need to travel to the other side of the country. You know, it's it's really like an on-call kind of uh, job. But as Charles mentioned earlier, the rewards can be amazing. It could be out of this world. I mean, 10% off of like, you know, a billion dollar contract is like, you know, that's that's you, you it's worth it at the end of the day right and yeah. i think to 
to, to and Charles, I want to get you in on this. When it comes to the different types of, you know, salary variations that come as a sports agent, yes, the <laughs> the standard is not going to be, yeah, you're going to make like a million dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you could range between, anywhere between 16000 to $4 million, yeah. depending on, you know, obviously how one how many athletes you represent and two what type of endorsement contracts you have them involved in yeah. so yeah I think, you know it, it, yeah charles go ahead no just kind of just going off of what you're saying and it's very important for the audience tuning in uh especially those that are interested in getting into this world or even in this world and maybe listening to us right now you know a lot of times we're given names of people when i mentioned rich paul um and uh the number one guy that if you're a sports agent you should know the name scott boris um he's like the biggest he's been doing it for like 10 like the biggest like literally the number one guy for like the last decade um he represents over 175 clients um which i think is revenue the amount of contracts that he kind of handles is 3.2 billion in total uh some big names that he represents, Bryce Harper, Jose Altuve, uh, Carmelo Anthony. Um, I think he was originally uh, Alex Rodriguez, if not still Alex Rodriguez, uh, manager, and so many others. Um, so just kind of giving you kind of the big names like him, Rich Paul, and so many others. But right now, we're, what we're most so speaking to is the person that's starting out. Um, as, as Daniel mentioned, um, you're not going to originally start, and that's with any position that you're in, not even just sports agency, you're not going to start making millions of dollars. A lot of times you start off with a basic salary, anywhere from sixty to maybe $170,000 um, as a sports agent. And also, a lot of leagues don't even put a lot of limits on the percentages that you can, you can have as a sports agent. An example, the NFL and the NBA both actually put a cap at 3%. So you can only make 3% of your NFL your your NFL representative, that's the athlete you represent in both as well as the NBA representative. So yes, um let's say you represent um a rookie coming out. Let's say you're uh John Morant's agent in the NBA. Uh you're probably going to make only 3% of his of his contract um in terms of as as an agent uh commission fee. That's why you know it's a lot of Agents have multiple athletes, especially multiple athletes they represent in the same uh, sports franchise. Example, like usually an agent will have, let's say, six to seven other NFL players that they represent or six to seven NBA players that they represent. The reason being is because of the fact that there's a there's a maximum three percent commission fee you will receive as an agent for every athlete, uh, NFL athlete, as well as NBA athlete contract. So that's very important. Now, again, if you're not, if you're not, as, you're not as big as Rich Paul. So that's very important to note because he could be making a hundred thousand for each contract. But we're talking about the starting salary, so that means that you can make anywhere from maybe twenty thousand to sixty thousand. And what a lot of people don't know as well is a lot of the athletes that are coming into the professional league. What, what that? What does that mean? What does that look like when you're representing a college athlete? From college entering the pros, a lot of those, the the payment to travel, take them to the sports combine, that's the NFL combine, NBA combine, a lot of it comes out of your pocket. It doesn't doesn't come out of, of, 
of the, the company you work for, like he mentioned, CAA. CAA only gives you a certain percentage, but most of that stuff comes out of your own pocket. So that means whatever you're getting paid already, you have to expend a lot of that money early on. But the benefit is, of course, you're banking that this athlete is going to eventually be great when they enter the league. So when renegotiation comes up, that's a very important word. That's why when renegotiation comes up, it's such a big thing in sports. Because that means that for the agent's perspective, renegotiation means I'm trying to get more money for my client. That's the athlete. And what happens, Daniel, when the, the client gets more money? I get more money. Yeah. That's why a lot of times when they say the renegotiation of the contract is coming up, it's so big in sports. Because that means that, that, that means for one, the sports franchise your athlete belongs to as an agent is getting more money. That's why when they say the salary cap went up or the salary cap went down, that's very important to understand. Because that means that's other more money that the, the, the franchise can hold or more money that they lost. So that's very important to understand. Salary caps as an agent, you need to understand. So that means the franchise's salary cap. How much money can the the franchise allocate? For example, let's say you you have an athlete that that you're an agent that works for the Dallas Cowboys, and they say that um, Jerry Jones received and Jerry Jones of Dallas Cowboys as well as the NFL Association received a five hundred thousand dollar boost in the salary cap. That's good. The reason being is because that means that. If you represent Dak Prescott, the, their quarterback, that means that if he was making, let's say, $16 million on a rookie contract, he can make anywhere from 32 to 35 Why? Because, one, the position he plays. That's very important, guys. Listen to that, especially for different sports. If you play certain positions, you make more money, especially for sports. That's not for all franchises. Like the NBA, you can be a center, you can be a point guard. If you're great, you're going to make big money. But for the NFL, is a little different because what do they always call the, the quarterback? He's like the CEO on the field. So what does the CEO usually make? The big money. So usually that's why when, uh, let's say, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, uh, Pat Mahomes, that's why they get him big money because they're treated like the, the CEO. Like they're the, they're the CEO on the field. So they're going to make the big money. That's very important as a sports agent. That doesn't mean you have to represent all quarterbacks. That's not what I'm trying to say. My point to say is that it's understanding your position. That's why if you ever pay attention to agent, they'll have different types of positions, especially in the NFL and leagues like that. They'll have somebody that's a quarterback, somebody that's a receiver, have a couple of linemen in there. They mix it up so that they know that each person is getting a different contract based on position. So again, that's very important. Understanding your salary cap, understand the position that your client plays, and the the thing, the marketability. Is your client marketable? What does that look like? Your client. Some people can be great at a sport, but they talk like this every time they come to the microphone. <laughs> or or when or when what? So do you think it's a coincidence that? Kawhi Leonard only recently, once he went to LA, started really getting the 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 uh, the TV commercials and stuff like that. Kawhi Leonard was great in San Antonio, was he not? But remember, he's coming from a smaller market. That's also important. 
I'm giving you guys a lot of information, and I'll, I'll have Daniel break that more down for you. But again, it's very important to understand the position your kind plays. What does that look like? What position? Is he the star? Is he the quarterback NFL? Is he the main guy in the NBA, MLB? Is he the big hitter? Uh, whoever that is. Number two, what does the franchise money look like? Is, is the league getting a boost in their salary? Are they losing the salary? That's why also, if you paid attention, Daniel, and you've known certain, our franchises have had lockouts at a point. Usually, why do why do they have lockouts? Why did the NBA have a lockout? Why did the NFL threaten the lockout, even though they didn't want to lose the money, so that never was going to happen? Because lockouts is the negotiation between the players, and that's why they say players' union, because the, all, most sports have unions. That means that's the representatives or representative that speaks on behalf of the players versus the owners. The owners are the people that control the teams that each of your athletes as a sports agent belongs to. So again, I mentioned if you're if you represent Dak Prescott as Dallas Cowboys, if you are a Patrick Mahomes agent in the Kansas City Chiefs, just as an example, you are have to pay attention to this because again, if the money is going up, that means when renegotiation comes up. Pat Mahomes won an MVP. Pat Mahomes threw for 5,000 yards. This is what you're bringing to the owner to say, hey, this is what my client does. This is what my client was doing this year. This is the numbers he put up. This is the awards he won. This is the marketing dollars through jersey sales, through um, you know just uh, ticket sales that my, my uh, client brought to you. So this is what he feels or she feels that she's entitled to and to, to get as a result. Now, a lot of times, it doesn't always go smoothly. It's not just the owner's going to say, oh, let me just sign off. He could counter sometimes and say, well, uh, Daniel, I'm just using you as an example. Daniel, well, I mean, your your client did uh, basically, you know, uh, your, the client Pat Mahomes threw for 5,000 yards, but he did break his leg, knock on wood. He did break his leg towards the end of the half, a season, and he's been having recurrent injuries over the past couple of years. This is where the negotiation comes into play. Daniel, touch more light on that. And key, key, key highlights of taking all of that information in from the salary cap overarching. Okay, what is the fund? What is how much money does the league have? Okay, then you look at your athlete. You look at his stats or his or her stats. How, how have they performed throughout the year? What have they done in the league, the NBA? What has LeBron done? Okay. All-time MVP, he's done this, he's done that. Went to the Cavs, won a chip. Went to the Lakers, won a chip. Cool. Now when it comes time for the negotiations, that pretty much is the resume of your athlete, right? And you're bringing that to the table and going in with the knowledge of okay, the salary cap has increased, so there's more money to be made, or the salary cap has decreased, so I have to make sure that my client gets a very similar contract or at least gets something where it's not going to be a decrease from last year, right? So it needs to be... Those are like the intentions going in. And on contracts, 
the what when we talk about contracts, we're referring to in this sense the playing contract, right? Because the playing contract is where that is your commission as an agent. You're receiving, as Charles mentioned, you know, at a cap of three percent um, per athlete, depending on the league. Mm-hmm. Now you have endorsement contracts, which involve whether it's a shoe company, whether it's you know different types of uh, clothing lines or or uh, anything outside of um, you know just the the general playing contract, those are endorsement contracts where an agent can typically earn between 10 to 20%, again, depending on the type of endorsement deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, you have appearances that agents can make outside of you know any endorsement deal or what have you, uh, paid meetings and appearances where they can typically also make 10 to 20% of the earnings. So just breaking that down also for the audience, because I think, you know, when we talk about contracts, they seem to get kind of funneled into this one overarching uh, meaning, but there's actually layers to how you can make money as a sports agent. So you have the playing contract where that's kind of like your base salary uh, in a sense. And then you have the endorsement contracts, which you can consider like bonus money. Right. And then you have, everything outside of that which you can consider to be you know just additional streams of income as part of your uh being a representative of the athlete so just putting that in in perspective there because you know the average salary for agents um just like you know by the bureau of labor statistics is eighty nine thousand. that's like uh standard across the united states um but obviously if you live in a higher paid state like New York, California, Florida, that's going to, you know, vary, uh, you know, case by case. Don't but forget taxes. That gets taken taxes. out. Oh, see, we didn't even touch that. We didn't even touch that. Taxes. Oh, so eight, that 89 could really look like between anywhere from 65 to 70, which is a base salary, especially if you're in New York. So that's yeah. very important to know. So, again, <laughs> yeah, go yeah, ahead, Daniel. Go ahead, Charles. No, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so no, but what what Daniel's just basically saying, and um, again, it's very important to know is again, uh, really just understanding your market, and obviously, like he mentioned, um, really knowing that yes, uh, the number may sound great, but remember, removing all the layers is very important to note. So again, um, early on as an agent, you're gonna have to grind, and obviously, Dan, I want to bring you back in that, but you're gonna have to grind. Um, you know, just something that Daniel also touched on, and I'm gr- I'm glad he did was breaking down the various streams of income you can make as an agent as well for on behalf of your athlete. Um, what does that what does that mean? Example, like he said, the playing contract, the endorsements contract, the, the appearances contract. These are all contracts that you can make. Uh, we mentioned Rich Paul. Rich Paul makes money uh, from LeBron and other uh, people's contracts being the, on behalf of being the agent. As well as the endorsement deals. When you see uh, LeBron on various commercials, Rich Paul gets a percentage of that because him and the rest of the team that LeBron has helps him coordinate these deals to get him, uh, you know, these commercials at the end, like Sprite, um, you know, various other uh, things, just energy drinks that he does. And then obviously the appearances. Um, usually when you see an agent saying, like, you know, they're doing this hosting, they're, you know, speaking at this conference, they get paid for that. You get paid to come to the Forbes con- uh, thing. A lot of people don't realize that. When you have agents coming there, they're getting money for that. When you have uh, 
you know, uh, let's say uh, athletes or entertainers coming to Forbes, they get paid for that. A lot of people don't realize that. Why do you think the ticket is so expensive? Who do you think it's going to? <laughs> it's going to the venue as well as the, rep, the, the special guests or, or appearances that they have. So that's another stream of income. That's why somebody like a LeBron may take a pay cut, maybe, or even someone like before Michael Jordan. You could be like, well... They're not really paying Michael Jordan that much money that he's playing on the Bulls. That is true. And he was entitled to that. But Michael Jordan was also in every other fucking commercial. Was He had a sneaker line. So, again, so his agent was also making a, a boatload of money as a result. So, sometimes, you know, an, an athlete can take a pay cut in, in their actual 9 to 5. But their extracurriculars like endorsement deals, appearances... Uh, they can make money as well. And they sometimes make more money. A lot of people don't realize that more professional athletes, especially the big name ones like Cristiano Ronaldo, Messi, uh, LeBron James, even Tom Brady, they make more money in endorsements than their actual contracts a lot of times. Um, the reason being is because they're marketable. Um, you know, they if you're good looking, uh, like Ronaldo, a lot of women love him. Um, so you see him on like every ad. Maybe you may not see him as much in the United States, but in Europe, he's big. In other countries, he's huge. So again, it's very important to understand that if you're marketable, you're good looking, uh, like a woman, uh, maybe the woman may not uh, be the greatest athlete, but she's more marketable because she looks good. This is and, and this is not me being sexist in any way. This is something that actually happens. So I want the audience to understand that. Like, if you see an athlete, like, may not be the best athlete, but you see them in a lot more commercials, and you're thinking, like, why is this person this commercial and this person's not? It's probably because they're attractive, and they know they can sell. And that's not even just in sports. That's just in general. The, the more beautiful-looking women get more of the attention, even if they're not in terms of the greatest at their profession compared to somebody else. That may not look the best. But that's just honest. That's what that's what business deals with, uh, Daniel. Yeah, and, and that's just you know really touching on TV advertising marketing. Yep. You know, there's always going to be that halo effect that's put in play when you're having these athletes. You know, either be in uh, uh, an advertisement for you know the next like water, <laughs> the next famous water thing, or like you know a, a new shoe that comes out. You know, like. It, see Kyrie Irving on TV sometimes showing up the new Kyries or like there's just you know it's it's always going to be a halo effect with that you know they're they you know they because before they even go on TV and this is more like in the Hollywood world but you know you have makeup artists you have like all of these different players also that get the athlete ready prepared there's a skit and you know they do all of these lightings and effects to make it very aesthetically pleasing for the audience to be like oh hey like this is um, you know, Jordan on this commercial, okay, those sneakers look fire, or, oh, God, okay, we got Giannis over here wearing this new shirt, hmm, yeah, that's looking kind of fire, I think I'm gonna go cop that, you know, so it's like, and that's just all marketing, there's, you know, a psychology that goes into that, but as a sports agent, understanding this, because it, it, there's, there's always pieces on the board, you know, it's like chess, right, like, you have the main goal of, yes, getting your athlete the best contracts there is. Once you've accomplished that, the extracurricular activities, as Charles mentioned, where the athlete can earn more money 
sometimes then their playing contract and you as an agent can earn more money because remember the, the limitations that we talked about that three percent cap mm-hmm. on the endorsement contracts that range is allowed that's between like you know 15 to 20 percent like we talked about there's a larger range in those endorsement contracts compared to the playing contract and sometimes you can have multiple endorsements for one athlete so that one-to-many relationship is is very important to understand and the additional factors of understanding okay if you want your athlete to get into you know the film world the you know kind of the arts world of like being in tv skits and things like that you know understanding how that arena works as well is going to be very important because you know it's a multifaceted type of job because if you think about the different avenues that even some athletes can go into music right like there's there's just so many different avenues you can go down once you're in that field and going back to the CAA agency where they're very universal in terms of how they could go from sports to arts to music to film and TV so there's a whole arena that you're playing in when being a sports agent and I think you know kind of like circling back to what we discussed earlier as you're starting out you know once you have an idea of where you want to go as a sports agent because it's it's a large pool right you know you can start whether it's the nba whether it's the nfl um depending on how you want to maneuver or you're representing college athletes shit you can even go as 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 a as a starting point sometimes you could represent little leagues they have little leagues where you have you could train uh you know, they have those specialized, um, you know, basketball associations for, like, you know, uh, athletes in high school and stuff. Mm-hmm. They have agents who represent those athletes as they come up through their college, uh, you know, their college careers and going into the professional league. So it doesn't necessarily have to start in the major leagues, but you do have to get the certifications nonetheless, right? And we talked about all of the different types of certifications that you get and understanding that there is an investment up front for some of these licenses. And I'm not talking, we're not talking like peanuts here. Like some mm-hmm. of these licenses cost like 100, 200, sometimes $500. Mm-hmm. So, you know, understand that upfront cost at the beginning as well is important because it's an investment, you mm-hmm. know, but the long, it's a long-term investment of yourself getting that industry knowledge and in the athletes that you represent because people skills are important right as charles mentioned you know you go on um some of these meetings uh as an agent you know you get paid people are paying you to to talk in a conference so you have to really be articulate you have to know what you're talking about and you have to really have a pleasing personality uh when it comes to just you know negotiations and and understanding how because this is the key with negotiation, and, and I'm going to leave it with this, uh, this, this nugget right here. In life, in business, in general, everything could be negotiated. Everything could be negotiated. When you're in that room and you're representing your athlete, the negotiation, the key in that negotiation is... How does this benefit all parties? Right? That's that is the art and the science behind it. How is this going to benefit all parties? Mm-hmm. Right? 
Because when you're in there and you're genuinely trying to make the best deal, because some agents, you can go in and just be like, yo, I'm trying to just get the money for my athlete. Yeah. Or I'm trying to just get the money for myself. Yeah. And, you know, not that there's anything wrong with that, but sometimes that extra step of, okay, I'm trying to get the best deal for not only myself, not only my athlete, but for the franchise as a whole itself. Because yeah. this is my athlete. I'm representing my athlete, and the athlete is going to be participating in this franchise. How can we make all parties win, mm-hmm. right? So I think, you know, holistically that's the mentality that you know to, to really be an effective sports agent is understanding that are in the negotiation skills and then everything else just falls into place you know yeah you hear, yeah go ahead Charles. no you're you're right what you're saying and i i definitely agree um but one thing i'll add to what you're saying more so is with negotiation it's mm-hmm. it's three aspects Especially in sports or entertainment, in the, in the entertainment industry, we'll stick there. Is one who says yes first, who agrees first, because the point is that each side has their cards that they have. Like we're thinking of it like a card game, like you're playing poker. Is what hand is each person dealing? From the athlete and agent side, is is basically the revenue that they're generating or the marketing dollars combined with all that into one that they're generating for this corporation, which is obviously the franchise that they belong to or whatever they belong to in terms of, uh, you know, who their representative is, whoever the case is. The vice versa, the, the corporation side is what is this athlete employee, quote unquote, generate for us is he a great employee is she a great employee um is she the best one that we have um it does she generate money for this corporation um is has she uh been loyal to this corporation that's very important um loyalty also plays a factor if you're someone that likes to jump teams to teams you you other be you if you're not that great of an athlete then that could be hard for you to negotiate come contract time so that's very important all these aspects play a factor. So again, is 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 who can agree to the cards that is being dealt from the other side first. The second piece is, like he mentioned, is very important. Is the fact of yes, it is trying to generate the maximum amount of dollars, but also you, what you want to help your athlete achieve is security, a sense of comfort. That's very important. Um, Think of it like a nine-to-five job. You're not going to just go to a corporation all the time because it pays the most. Sometimes corporations that pay the most may not necessarily may not ideally be the best culturally. Uh, what does that mean? That means that management may suck, a la Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers' situation right now. <laughs> um, that's just an example I'm using. Um, you know, maybe they may not put the right employees, uh, which is or the right teammates around you. Uh, that can help you uh, achieve the most success while you're working for them or employed by them. Um, that's very important. So as an agent, when negotiation times comes around or, or, or you have to revisit negotiation uh, because of the fact that your employee or your, your athlete um, is, not, is not happy. Um, you know, they're, they're not, they're, they, don't, they don't feel, they may be making a lot of money, but they're like, I don't really want to play for this franchise because, you know, they're not going anywhere. I'm wasting my prime. Because remember, especially as an athlete, you only have a certain amount of years. Not everybody's going to be Tom Brady. 
Not everybody's going to be LeBron. But even as you see, Father Time is undefeated. So as an agent, you have a very small window to maximize your athlete, uh, the person that your representative representing, excuse me, to get the maximum amount of dollars and years from. Because end of the day is the, the role of an athlete is only for but so long. Even even 18 to 20 years may seem like a lot, but it's really not if you think about it. Because most people can work at 9 to 5 for 40 to 50 years. So think about that. So that's very important. That's why usually when you're young, you're in your prime. That's why Pat Mahomes is getting $500 million. That's why so many others get, get big money when they're in their primes. Because that's when you can maximize their profitability the most. So that's very important in negotiation time. Is again, especially when they're in their prime, when they're most successful, is when you want to negotiate with the franchise that the person belongs to. And the, the most crucial, the most crucial, keep the athlete out of trouble. Do not bring trouble as an athlete into the negotiation room because that's the leverage that the corporation needs to not pay you. If you're someone that always is getting into trouble with the law, doing something, the domestic violence cases, the drinking cases, all these stuff that you hear on the news certain athletes do, that all comes into effect. Stay off of Twitter. And don't make certain comments, especially directed at the corporation, because when negotiation time comes up, they bring all of this up. That's what... Exactly. That's why Daniel is saying that as an agent, you really are a lawyer. That's why a lot of agents have law degrees or have MBAs. Because you have to understand the business and the legal side of representing your athlete. You really have to understand it. And I'm not saying you have to go to law school. You have to get have a master's degree. But if you are an agent, you have to understand how to negotiate. Rich Paul knows how to negotiate. Skip Bills and then want to make jokes about the guy and be like, he doesn't, you know, LeBron's the one that really runs clutch sports, but he doesn't. That's It's a joke, but he knows even that Rich Paul is successful for a reason. If you ever listen to Rich Paul talk, that man could sell water when there's 100 bottles in your car. <laughs> that means to say that the guy knows what the hell he's talking about. He, he gives you enough information but not too much. Just enough for you to pull your cards out. That's very important. You have to know how to sell. You have to know how to sell not 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 yourself, but more so the athlete. You have to sell him. Even if the athlete is successful, like a LeBron, you still have to sell it. Because, remember, the corporation will use you and use you and use you until they don't have use for you anymore. That's just business. It's not personal. Jeannie Buss could love LeBron. She could love Kobe. But when she sees that they can't do it no more, she has to move on to the next person. So remember, as an agent, you try to maximize as much as possible. That's why, if you ever notice, when an athlete starts to come time towards the end, they start taking two-year deals, and then they'll try to get 25, 30 million, the most that they can out of those deals because they know that the time is coming up. They have these discussions with the agent going into it. So that's what the agent is going to discuss. He's not going to say like, oh, uh, LeBron only has two more years of his prime left, but he's going to say, you know, we've been, we just brought a championship. You know, LeBron is turning 38. 
but he's still putting up 25, 6, and 7 for you. You, who else is bringing that into you, for you? That's just an example or something they can use for that. So that's when a lot of times they may go back and forth and then eventually they sign. You want to maximize. Remember, this is very important. Maximize the athlete that you represent's window uh, to be the greatest. What does that mean? When LeBron is known as the face of the NBA, when LeBron is known as the greatest right now, you maximize the profitability of him as much as possible until he can't anymore. Eventually, LeBron will have to retire, and then somebody new will have to take the face of the NBA. Everybody knows that. I would hope you know that. But Rich Paul understands that. But he's not. he brings that to the table to say, this is what he's doing now, to sell it to the corporation, which is L.A., that this is what my client does right now, and this is what we're asking for. So remember, it's important to understand that. Um, your last thoughts, Daniel, that you have. Yeah, I think we discussed a lot of overarching topics that all are combined, right? You know, the life cycle of a sports agent to the athlete's, you know, maturity date of when they're going to pretty much retire, right? Um, talked about the importance of public relations, you know, the athletes in trouble, <clears throat> got to know how to pretty much mediate that publicity, right? Because, you know, yeah. it's it, that, that's, you know, we didn't even really highlight that. Enough, because that is a whole... We've seen a lot of these athletes get in trouble. And it's, you know, as an agent, you really got to know how to just... All right, you know, it, you know, no common provide. You know, there's, there's ways that you got to yeah. handle the situation, you know, yeah. from a public relations standpoint. Yeah. Um, but really what it boils down to is, you know, very high levels of business acumen, uh, negotiation skills, understanding how marketing works and of course industry knowledge as a whole so i think yeah. you know we provided some really good information um you know i've learned a lot myself just being on this you know podcast with you charles mm -hmm. just all the different things that's going on in the sports world uh we talked about salary caps and the overarching uh you know funded pools that are in each uh league and how you have to understand that if the league doesn't have money then chances are you're not going to make that much money and vice versa. So mm -hmm. understanding how salary caps work, understanding how what your athlete does and, and the statistics of your athlete, how they perform on the field is how you're going to represent them in those meetings and in those discussions with the franchise owners. So um, I think, yeah, closing thoughts for me, you know, if, if you want to go down this road of being a sports agent, um, we've given you kind of the blueprint of, the steps you have to take and the recommendations um and at the end of the day and also th just to keep in mind this is only uh kind of the bird's eye view because we're talking about the leagues that are within the united states you have international leagues as well you have different sports outside you i mean heck you could be we haven't even talked about tennis we haven't talked about you know there's there's so many different other sports that you can be an agent for it's not just you know the big three as i call them um there's definitely several other sports leagues that you can be a part of that um you know you do your research but they all follow the same guiding principles of certifications uh negotiations and of course understanding how to you know really best represent your athlete as like a lawyer would represent their client. So again, um, yeah, my closing thoughts, a uh, great episode from our end and you know, 
looking forward to the next one. Yeah, definitely. And just to add my closing thoughts as well, like I mentioned, um, we wanted to highlight today to showcase to the audience that, especially if you're someone that you know is thinking about going towards a career like this, um, I think this is the most the best time to do it. This is when um, you know money is flowing. Um, we just saw, like I said, another billion dollar athlete, uh, and this guy did it. Um, you know, through just career earnings, we didn't even talk about his endorsements and LeBron James and just the investments and in other companies that he has. So that's very important. That should showcase to you that there is money and the most important opportunity in the career as being an agent. Um, because again, you need representation, especially now. The more money that uh, somebody makes, the more money they're trying to keep. So what does that look like? That means as an owner, you want to keep the most money, but maximize the most value from uh, the employee, which is the athlete. So again, as an agent, what you want to do is maximize the dollars and the years that you're representing your athlete, uh, your 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 partner, so to speak. So it's very important. You have to understand negotiation. You have to understand how the public speak. You can't be you can't be timid. You can't um, second guess yourself in these meetings because the first sign that they see. They're going to capitalize on it. These guys are owners for a reason. They're not, they're not just owners. Even the ones that inherited it, they went to business. They, they went to business school, law school, so they understand how to negotiate themselves. They, they're in meetings daily. That's why they make the money that they make. Uh, even someone can make fun of James Dolan. Yeah, he may make dumb moves, but James Dolan is not dumb. Trust me. <laughs> so it's very important to understand that you have to understand how to negotiate. You have to understand leverage. Leverage is key. Uh, pay attention in classes when they teach you this, public speaking classes. Take courses like this. They offer free courses online for uh, public speaking, uh, you know, negotiation. Um, when, you're, when you're thinking about getting an MBA, going to law school, pay attention to certain classes that they teach like this. This is all important. Watch interviews on agents like Rich Paul, uh, Boris, so many others that, you know, are, are just uh, speaking and, and understanding the ins and outs of the sports agency world. I I forget the lady uh, that used to work. Um, I think she used to work for Young Money, Cash Money, or something, right? The uh, Daniel. The um, I forget the lady's name. Oh, I got it right here. It's Agent Nicole Lynn. Uh, follow her on Instagram. She's not paying us. Trust me. I'm just giving her. I'm giving you guys information of someone to follow on Instagram. Again, it's Agent Nicole Lynn. That's L-Y-N-N. Agent Nicole Lynn. She just came out with a book that teaches you. It's called Agent You. Show up, do the work, and succeed on your own terms. This lady made the most money last year for Little Wayne's Young Money Cash Money Sports Group, where she represented over, I think, six to seven NFL athletes. I think the most popular one is Jalen Hurts, uh, the quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. She's... Uh, she's an agent for him and many others. So it's important to, to, to read up on this. Read up on the information of a the agency world. This is a black woman that came in. First of all, she was a woman and she's a minority. So you already know <laughs> in a world like that, she probably, I'm sure, dealt with the ins and outs of everything that you could possibly deal with being a woman and being a minority in the world. Exactly. And she's been successful so far knock on wood for continued success for her. But these are people like her that, especially if you are a woman listening to this episode, if you are a black man, a black woman, a Spanish woman, or whatever you are, the case is you have someone, P 
people like this, like Rich Paul, that you can look at, steady how they did it, steady the things that they did wrong, and then you you maximize by doing it right. These are all important. So basically, like I said, um, it's important. A career like this should be highlighted, especially being a minority. We need more black people as agents. We need more women as agents. It, it shouldn't be just male-driven. Women are smart, if not even smarter than us, when it comes to negotiation, when it comes to business, law, understanding of, 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 the, of the human mind, you are out of heart. You have to have compassion. A lot of times, you have to work as a psychologist for your athlete because he or she's going to come to you. I, I don't like this guy that's paying me this amount of money. I don't, I don't, care, I don't care for the money. Aaron Rodgers dealing with that right now. I'm sure his agent is hearing it. He, he said he turned down extra money. He's like, it's not about money. It's not always going to be about money. Sometimes it's just the level of job security, comfortability you feel working for this uh, corporation, this sports franchise. That's very important. Um, I think what I'll do, Daniel, and maybe we, sh we can have a guest speaker and maybe host a class exclusively on our YouTube, uh, maybe in the, in, the, in the near future. Uh, maybe have an actual agent that's in the, in the world. That can kind of give you guys the blueprint for the audience tuning in. Comment on to, on today's episode if you're interested in that. Uh, you know, uh, on the Danso Pitch uh, Instagram. Check check us out. Comment on it. Um, and, and, and let us know. Maybe we'll host a class just kind of exclusively teaching the technical ins and outs of, the sport, of being a sports agent. Um, like Daniel mentioned, you have uh, MMA fighting, boxing, uh, uh, sports, uh, NF, uh, what is it, um... Soccer in, in Europe and, and all these other countries that we didn't yes. even touch. Okay, we didn't even touch. Okay. Euro money is different. Trust me. Euro money is okay. different. So when Ronaldo, Messi, Neymar, the money that they make through these club teams they represent is crazy. So trust me. We, we'll definitely want to have a class on that. Just kind of teach you guys the ins and outs of that. And how to get into that side of the sports world as well. Um, follow us on YouTube at The Danso Pitch. Follow us on Instagram at the Danso Pitch. We're also available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts at the Danso. That's D A N S O Pitch. Follow us. Subscribe to today's episode, future episodes, as well as past episodes. Again, this is how to be a sports agent in today's world. Presented by us, Charles Danso, as well as my good friend Daniel. Daniel, close us out, please. Thank you so much, Charles. Thank you for our audience. Uh, tune into the next episode. Follow us on our YouTube. And yes, as we mentioned before, if you are interested in being a guest speaker, if you want, if you have industry knowledge in any arena, we are not just limited to you know financial acumen. We also explore business acumen. We mentioned law a lot of times, so having law acumen, marketing acumen, you know, any industry you're a part of. If you're a chef. We need some food industry acumen up in here. Come on the show. Let's talk about it. Come you know, on. wine and spirits. Let's get it going. You know, any any expertise that you have, please email us, uh, DM us. Um, let's set it up. So because we want to share your industry knowledge with the audience and learn ourselves 
about the ins and outs from being inside of whatever industry you're a part of. So please just let us know, um, and we're looking forward to the next episode. Yeah, tune in. This this will be out, um, I believe, in the coming week. Check us out again at the Danso Pitch on Instagram, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. Enjoy the rest of the week week ahead, guys. Take care. Talk soon.